0: Welcome to
1: the Witty and Gritty Podcast.
0: Hosted by Brooke and Farron. Where you learn a little about a lot. And sometimes a lot about a little.
1: Hey, we're back. We're talking about the 15 Invaluable Laws of Growth Today we're talking about chapters 4, 5,
0: and 6. Yes, so chapter 4 is called The Law of Reflection. Learning to pause allows growth to catch up with you. Follow effective action with quiet reflection. From the quiet reflection will come even more effective action. Peter Drucker So this chapter is broken down into two parts. The first part talks about the power of the pause, so the benefits that come from stopping and reflecting, and then the second part is asking yourself effective questions, so ways to actively and effectively reflect.
1: The first point we wanted to mention was reflection turns experience into insight. I know a lot of the times we just want to make it through the workday or make it to bedtime or make it to whatever the next destination is to get over the thing we just did. But there are times where we do need to stop and think about our actions and think about how we could either turn that into a better experience in the future or better the people around us. I know something teachers have a lot of fun with is evaluation time it's intimidating your boss comes in they give you a review on what you're doing in the classroom good
0: bad ugly and that is not fun but sometimes it is a necessary evil yeah for sure and of course you know hopefully they say a lot of nice things and if they say one negative comment you know you get stuck on that and you might think well that's because they just didn't blah, blah, blah. Or if only they knew, blah, blah, blah. So I know different times I have to just look at it from my perspective. What can I do? What can I control? And what can I do next time?
1: I like that. Control
0: what you can control. Sometimes
1: your boss is just getting a snapshot of whatever it is you're doing on this one little project or in this one moment or in this one phase of the workplace. But sometimes uh, we just need to, like you said, put it back in perspective, control what I can control. I know I'm doing my best in this area, in this area. Yeah, there's room for me to tweak it and get better. So let me just take what they have to say and add on to it. And if I have questions about it, you've got to be brave enough to ask for clarification and also to try something new or out of your comfort zone.
0: A lot of times too. I don't know anyone that really enjoys making mistakes, but I don't spend time reflecting on the mistake because... It just hurts too much and I knew it was a mistake and I can't fix it so I'm just gonna bury it and try to move on um but that's not really getting the most out of uh the experience so um it another point it makes in this part of the chapter is taking the time and place to pause um so sometimes I can reflect well that's not the issue it's um, actually stopping to do it more often and more frequently. Um, and I don't think you got to overcomplicate this. Uh, for example, a lot of people do their best thinking in the shower or driving to or from work. Um, and the sooner you address it, usually the, the better you feel. So the longer you wait to kind of face it and reflect on it, it just can eat up, eat you, um, up on the inside. So
1: to piggyback off of that, Pausing with intention, so making the time to pause and reflect, but then also what am I going to do after I have reflected? Like you were saying, Farron, you think in the shower, you got this great idea, I get to work and I don't do it, or I get busy with another sidetrack or whatever, so I just need to be intentional. I have this great thought, let me write it down. Let me start the next step on getting that on paper so I can elaborate later or ask someone about it or move on from there.
0: And another part of being intentional too is you're not gonna have a self bashing session during this reflection. You know, you're pausing with the intention to learn from or improve um, for the next time something similar happens.
1: Another part to the reflection piece they addressed was the personal awareness questions. So, again, the first couple of questions they talk about strengths and weaknesses that is important you do need to know that you do need to make sure your close circle of friends is helping you evaluate and improve upon your weaknesses it's almost like that interview question you always get what are your strengths and weaknesses and you're supposed to find a strength that's also a quote weakness like oh like i said i'm a truther Mm -hmm. so being honest but it's also my weakness because sometimes i can be honest to a fault Therefore, my weakness is my strength. Ta-da, I've answered the question.
0: Yeah, my weakness is I work too hard.
1: (laughs) Poor you. I work so hard on this project that it just is so good, or I just want to make sure it's perfect. Yep. Yeah, please hire me. Please hire me. Right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Anything for a job so I can quit eating ramen noodles. Oh,
1: ramen noodle diet. Take me back to college. No thanks. Another section they talked about, the emotions. Emotions to avoid and emotions to have. So something that I think that I personally struggle with is resentment. So let's say something happens in the workplace, I hold on to that feeling, and I reflect on it later and I'm still mad about it. That does me no good. I need to get rid of that feeling, insert a positive feeling, and move on. Like, yes, I might be frustrated at this one situation, but I can put hope in there instead of resentment, and I can hope for a better reaction tomorrow or hope to do it differently and then try to follow through again with that.
0: Yes. And another question it asks you to ask yourself is, you know, what are your best habits and what are your worst habits? And I have a really, uh, sometimes good, sometimes bad habit of saying yes to everything. So sometimes when I'm reflecting on um, my workload or what I have going on um, in my life, I think back now, is it really on them or is it on me? Is it, you know, again, my habit of I just overcommit and say yes to everything, to, you know, people please, and, you know, I find value in helping others. So, you know, looking at your habits and your tendencies, um, trying to, again, take responsibility for your life and your actions and controlling what you can and can't, not trying to control what you can't.
1: And that's a fine line, too, because you do want to be helpful. You do want to help others. But is that your burden to carry? Mm -hmm. If someone else just isn't doing their job, there's a way to handle that as opposed to, yeah, let me take on your workload and my workload. I'm being helpful, and I'm also stressing out. Mm -hmm. So, again, best habit, worst habit. Yes, being helpful and wanting to help is good until it's a detriment to you.
0: Exactly. And I like how John Maxwell, he shared that um – one of his habits he needs to work on is being more patient. And he said that he's having to learn that there's some things you work have to work hard for, and then there are other things that you have to wait for. And I can definitely relate to, to that. You know, I'm busting my tail, and I'm thinking any moment this opportunity is going to present itself. But, you know, sometimes it's patience and needing to uh, wait for the timing.
1: If you want a fun exercise on how to develop patience, (sighs) wait till you're hungry, go to the grocery store, buy a meal that takes a while to cook, and then pick the longest line to wait in to check out. That will test some patience, because a hungry brook is not a happy brook. No,
0: it is (laughs) not.
1: (laughs) So that is chapter four on the law of reflection.
0: All right, chapter five the law of consistency motivation gets you going discipline keeps you growing the hallmark of excellence the test of greatness is consistency jim tressel
1: so this chapter consistency yes anyone can start anything right anyone can start a new job anyone can start to learn how to play guitar but who are the finishers who are the ones who are continuing to do it continuing to stay disciplined So I think that's the good duel of motivation versus discipline. Both are good, but both are needed there. For sure. This chapter is the two parts we want to kind of hit on. The how to grow and then being consistently productive. So how are we growing in our consistency? And then how are we going to continue to be productive with that?
0: And again, this is going to look different for everybody. That's why we encourage you to, um, you know, go out, read the book, and have your own interpretation Um, At the beginning of the chapter, uh, John Maxwell makes it very clear that motivation needs to match your personality type. And if you think about that, um, if you have siblings or, you know, even what motivated your parents to reach places that they've reached in their life or their career, um, you you may be motivated by different uh, things. Someone might be motivated to run because they want to be in great shape. Others might need a bear to chase them to motivate them to run. So motivation is going to look different to different people, um, and it's going to be different uh, in different parts of your life.
1: And there's no desperate uh, than getting out of the mile time when you're in seventh grade athletics. Yep. What do I have to do? And I need the bear to chase me on that because getting me to just run on a track, not fun. Put me in front of a soccer ball, lots better. I don't know why. It just makes sense to me. So again, back to the motivation. If you were trying to figure out what personality type you might be, there are a ton of typing systems out there, the Strength Finders, the Myers-Briggs, any of those, but one of our personal favorites would be the Enneagram, and there is so much great stuff on it out there. Thank you, internet. But that, the difference between some typing systems and the Enneagram, other typing systems go back to your behavior and things you do, and the Enneagram goes to why are you doing what you do? So that's all the motivating factors. Like you said, Farron, we could both be running, but I'm running for fun and you're running for your life. Yes. So <laughs> the difference is the motivator. So again, if you're trying to find your personality type, you could start there and that will help give you some habits and some tendencies and then you can move on.
0: And you know, you might think you know what you're motivated by, but like I can't take shots of tequila during the work day. That'd be frowned upon. So you <laughs> <Just> might <laughs> might explore, you know, what these different resources say about you and your personality type and be pleasantly surprised to find, you know, a different motivation factor for you to use on a more regular professional basis.
1: Right. Just some tactics on how to go about life and looking through a different lens. Some other points he brings up, being patient and valuing the process. I know a lot of times or especially now in society, we're in a, we get it right now, instant gratification kind of culture. And so a lot of it is the process. Thinking, Think about if you're trying to lose weight or live a healthier lifestyle, it, it took you how long to put on that weight, right? So it's not going to come off the day after you decide to lose it. You're going to have to work and it's going to be grueling and it's going to be worth it every time.
0: And that's usually when our patience is tested is... When it's uh, difficult, it's not when it's, you know, easy. And um, there's a quote in the book, and it essentially says that things are difficult before they come easy. And if you think about a baby learning how to walk, they fall a ton of times. Um, They bite the corner of the coffee table. Mm. and lots of other fun things but you don't ever see a baby just say that's it I'm never gonna walk I'm just gonna crawl as an eighth grader down the school hallway (laughs) so um, now we can almost almost walk without having to think too much about it so uh, when things do get difficult it's important to remember that you know if you stick with it and you're consistent um eventually it should become a lot easier
1: right and people are resilient if you look we have surprisingly we've been on earth for quite a while and we are still here (laughs) we are resilient we can do hard things right so again it goes back to the motivation and another way you can phrase that is what's your why and Mm -hmm. I know that you can see that in a million professional developments what is your why on why are we here and what are we doing and what is our main purpose But if you can dig a little bit deeper onto your personal why, why do you do things, that might help bring in that motivation aspect.
0: And sometimes, too, when you set your goal really high, it's nice to have the why for the days that you you just don't feel like doing what you've set your mind to. Um, And in that same sense, when you have these really big goals or dreams, um, if you wait for the satisfaction to come, when you get to that goal and you don't value the process along the way, that can really burn you out. So um, another point he talks about is valuing the process. Focus on what you can do today with what you have um, and try not to focus so much on tomorrow or looking too far ahead. You'll miss out on the progress you've made so far.
1: Something that I've seen several people do that helps them, they make an inspiration board. I know it sounds super cheesy, but it's only cheesy if it doesn't work, Right. So some people will put a family picture and then a graduation cap or an image of money or an image of whatever it is. Yeah, a house or a car, whatever your tangible goal is or intangible. It doesn't have to be a material thing, preferably not a material thing since those are fleeting. But anytime you're feeling down or need that extra kick in the butt, you have the inspiration board to look to. And also back to that circle of friends have them give you a little kick in the butt too. Yep. Another thing on the on the point he talked about was consistently being productive. And another way we're kind of phrasing that is just being able to create habits. So what are little things you can do throughout the day to add up to success over the course of time? I know it sounds silly, but I'm not the best homemaker. I work all day and I'm tired when I get home. So for the love of God, I don't want to do dishes after I cook dinner on the occasion that I do cook dinner, right? (laughs) Sometimes I uh, cook Chick-fil-A or I cook CeCe's pizza, and it's fine. So, again, just the habit of cleaning out the dishwasher every night and loading it again, starting it before I go to bed. That might be a little thing you could do that helps keep your sanity throughout the week. That way dishes aren't piling up. Uh, That Again, that's not necessarily a goal, is to always have the dishes clean, but if you needed a starting point, maybe it's the little things that you can do. Again, getting back to those little wins that might help you.
0: And one of the last suggestions in this chapter talked about um, stop setting goals, and it kind of posed that question. Sometimes if you set a goal, that can be limiting, or you might set a goal and think, oh, when I achieve this, everything's going to be right in the world. Um, And a lot of times, some of the most successful people, once they achieve a goal... Again, the satisfaction is uh, fleeting, and they notice um, a new goal. Um, So, again, they find value in in just growing, not necessarily achieving goals. Because once you achieve that goal, you know, you might say, man, here's another one. Kind of with pregnancy, I was like, man, once I have this baby, it's going to be so much better. Which, it is, but... (laughs) Then there's other goals like keep the tiny humans alive and, yes. um, you know, try to shower someday yes. again and, you know, maybe eat. <laughs>
1: yeah, you get to, do you eat in the shower or do you nap in the shower? Which one are you going to pick? Because you can't have both. You can, you can do both at the same time, I guess. Eat while you sleep or eat in the shower or shower while you sleep. Good luck to everybody yeah. on figuring that out. Another point, I like that you said the feeling is fleeting. When you get to when champions win the Super Bowl, what do they say? We'll be back next year. Mm -hmm. That they achieved the biggest goal they can reach. And once they get there, it's fleeting. They need it again. So, again, back to growth. Yes, we got better. We met our goal. But now, what are we doing next? How can we continue to grow?
0: And I don't think it's that you're never satisfied. I just, um, they say that growth and fulfillment. Um, are aligned, so if you stop growing no matter what goal you're at, you're going to lose that fulfillment, so um, definitely going into this process knowing that it's not going to be once I reach this goal, all my problems will be solved, so right,
1: and that concludes chapter five, the law of consistency.
0: All right, chapter six, the law of environment growth thrives in conducive surroundings. The first step towards success is taken when you refuse to be a captive of the environment you first find yourself in. Mark Kane.
1: John Maxwell talks about six different points in this section. One of them we wanted to address was assess your current environment. So a lot of times we have the big fish, little pond syndrome. And I know we know some people think they are hot to trot in their little special workplace where they feel great and high on life but they are not being pushed they're not being challenged and they are not growing at all yeah and
0: sometimes those people are happy to be the big fish in the little pond but they're not gonna grow and reach their potential right that's a good point some people are very
1: comfortable there but we all know that growing happens outside of your comfort zone that's where all the magic happens so getting out of that element if you do feel like you're the big fish in the little pond, and you've and you have that urge to grow, you've got to change your
0: pond. Yep. And some people really like their environment, but it doesn't lend itself well to the growth and changes that they would like to make. Um, so while you might be very comfortable and like it, um, sometimes you might have to step outside of your comfort zone, not only within yourself, but the environment you have yourself in, to see the growth and change you really like. So
1: some people, they do want to grow, they do want to change their environment, but they can't. For some reason, whatever the case may be, whether it's a financial struggle or location based off of where you live, you just find yourself trapped, you can't get out of the situation. Back to our phrase, control what you can control. We cannot control our environment, but we can control our attitude and our behaviors and our emotions and what's going on in between our ears. We can control all of those things.
0: And it's funny too how sometimes changing your attitude, it almost seems like the environment around you shifts a little bit. Um, Instead of being down in the dumps about it and you start having a positive attitude, you start seeing um, more of the positive around you and not only honing in on the negative aspects. So um, it won't literally change your environment, but uh, sometimes a change in attitude attitude can change your perspective about where you're at as well.
1: And I know some people try to adopt the fake it till you make it, and people are like, oh, well, that's fake. You're not supposed to be fake. So don't fake it till you make it. Just change your perspective. Change how you're viewing it. Like Farron was saying, you've got to look through it in a different lens. If you are trying to fake it until you make it, that may not last very long. Sure, maybe a day, a week, a month. But if you're trying to... If you can't leave your environment and you have to change you, you're going to have to change your perspective. You have to change it from the inside out on how you view the world.
0: Yeah, in an earlier, our earlier podcast we mentioned um, sometimes you have to take the actions which will lead to change in your feelings. Because if you wait to feel like doing it, you may never have the opportunity to take the actions. So same concept here. And it can be really cheesy. Yes. And you
1: do have to change that kind of self-talk in your head. Like, wow, I stubbed my toe, but hey, I've got shoes on my feet. Look at me. So, again, it's not faking it till you make it. It's literally changing your perspective on how you view the world. And it does start with the cheesy little baby steps of what did I do right today? Oh, look at me. I've got teeth in my mouth. Yes. That's a win.
0: Yeah. And some people, uh, the people in your environment, is a big, big one to take a look at and see if you're spending your time with people that are helping you grow or bringing you down or there's some friends and family and coworkers that want you to stay exactly where you are.
1: You you know them. They're the energy vampires. Uh, I know that that's on the energy bus. That's a, a book too from one of our educator people. But energy vampires, they suck the life out of you. They take all the energy out of the room. You know exactly who they are. They like to be in the workroom.
0: Yep. The lounge.
1: Why are they always there? They're always there. They're not going and being happy anywhere else. They just have to take all the energy out of the workroom where everybody
0: will congregate. They like to start their sentences with, Well, it must be nice to fill in the blank.
1: Right? What a way to live. (sighs) live.
0: And it's hard to rise above that. Um, So if you can... Get away from them as fast as you can. Yes, if you are not confrontational, like you said,
1: get away from them. But if you are confrontational, like me, (laughs) you squash it. Squash it there. And I know it seems silly. I know some of y'all are out there, and y'all are really good devil's advocates. You should bring that skill to them. You can present a lovely conversation with the, it must be nice if I got to blah, blah, blah. Oh, well, you know what? What can we do from here? Or what else would you suggest? Do you have a better idea? Let's roll with that. <laughs> but I'm confrontational and Farron's
0: not. So nope. we'll see how that goes. We'll just use avoidance. It's a really good <laughs> tactic. Oh, sure, sure. I mean, I'm working on that. <laughs> Strengths and weaknesses. We need to balance each
1: other out. I'm too confrontational, and you avoid. So maybe we can find a healthy balance between the two of us.
0: You are the yin to my yang. Oh, look
1: at us go! <laughs> get butter to my jelly. I love it. Okay, the next part would be when you challenge yourself in your new environment. Say, let's you do get to go to a new place. You were the big fish in the little pond, and now you are a small fish in a big pond, or medium, or whatever size fish you are. You have to take it upon yourself to challenge. Yourself, You have to find the right people to mentor you, and again, that's a later chapter we could talk about. You have to push yourself on the daily, find that motivation, find your why, and strive for it.
0: Yeah, it can be very overwhelming when, you know, maybe you're at the top of your class, and you get into a university or college, and all of a sudden, you're like, not the smartest one in the room anymore, but that's your biggest opportunity for growth.
1: Right, so again, we mentioned before we went to Austin College, and... When I was in high school, I was not big fish in a little pond, but I was probably average. And then when I got to Austin College, I realized, oh, wow, everybody here speaks multiple languages, and they are very intelligent, and here I am, and I feel like the dumbest one in the room. But over the course of my education, I got smarter, better, faster, stronger, all that good stuff, (laughs) mentally and physically. And I think that really pushed me and challenged me, and now... It made life a whole lot easier on the
0: workforce end of that. Mm-hmm. And that's the same way even in sports. I mean, if you're have if you the parents of kids playing on a club, you always want them on the next most successful club team. You want them in the tougher division. Um, and also, if you are training for a marathon, you're not going to want to work out with the people that walk 20 minutes a day. <laughs> you're going right. to have to, again... Hopefully find yourself in a new environment and go in understanding that you're gonna be challenged, but like face that challenge head on.
1: The last point we wanted to talk about was moving forward despite criticism. So one of our youth pastors, he was speaking and he said, Dogs don't bark at parked cars. They only bark at the moving cars, right? So that really helped me kind of put it into perspective of We've got we're making progress, we're doing the right stuff, it's challenging, and some people, whatever they're feeling, whether it's jealousy, resentment, whatever it is, they're gonna bark and that's just part of it and we just have to you know kind of shrug and move on and be strong about it
0: yeah, some people will say that if you um aren't getting criticism, then you're not making big enough moves, so look at criticism as You're taking a step in the right direction and hate is going to
1: hate. That's true. And potatoes are going to (laughs) potate. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a great way to wrap it up. You're welcome.
0: Thanks for listening to the Witty and Gritty Podcast. Hosted by Brooke and Farron.
1: You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and our website, wittyandgritty.blog.
0: Subscribe to our email list to get exclusive updates, freebies, and more. Keep tuning in to learn a little about a lot.